had a name I'm worthy of change Same as you are Mirror, mirror, don't you judge me Don't you dare Who knew I was capable of loving Who was there staring back I said staring back at me Ooh, it's been a long time coming I love my Hello, folks, and welcome to the Transitional Wisdom Podcast, where Nash and I discuss all things trans and queer related from a variety of different perspectives. Today, we are going to be discussing pre-surgery tips and after-surgery tips. And so forth. (laughs) And so on. (laughs) What are some things that you think were beneficial for your top surgery? Um, I think like a lot of it was just like the preparation. You know, obviously, like, more, like, I, I did get some supplies, and, like, we'll we'll make a list available on the website, um, but mine more so was, like, I guess the mental prep to be ready for it. Let's talk about that. Uh, well, I, I think, like, a lot of the prep beforehand was more centered around, like, how did I get to surgery? You okay. know, like, planning time off of work. Uh, how to get therapist letters, um, like booking air, like an Airbnb, like making all those kinds of preparations. Cause I had to travel up to Chicago for it. Um, so that was like the, the main hurdle that I had like pre-surgery preparing was like getting a therapist letter. Okay. Like that was one of the because gatekeeping, obviously. <laughs> um, but, like, I talked to someone in person a couple times, and it was just, like, not a good fit. And then I found someone, I did some more research, and I found a therapist online, and that was, like, the best option for me. Um, okay. So you found an online therapist. Yeah, I found an online therapist, and, like, I read a lot of reviews on her, and because it was really important for me to just get my letter. Okay. Like, I knew what I wanted. I had procrastinated to the point that I was only a couple months out from surgery, and so I really just needed the letter. Yeah. Um, like, I like I knew that was what I wanted, and I needed someone to approach me in the way that didn't, like, kind of, like, treat me like a child okay. in, that, in that regards. Like, are you sure, you know, this is what you want? Um, and it was literally a 20-minute, like, Skype appointment. And then she took care of sending my letters off to the surgeon and everything else. And that was awesome because my prior therapist experiences were were not good. Yeah. So that was like kind of more just like the basics into getting to the surgery point. But like some things that I didn't do, which I should have, was like relationship check-ins. Okay. Like I, I didn't really... Like, for me, top surgery was I knew I was going to have it, and, like, that was, like, it was exciting, of course, but it, was, it wasn't all that I was, like, thinking about. So it may have not been at the forefront of my mind as it was on my partners. Okay. 
And I didn't, like, really realize that there's, like, if you are in a relationship going into top surgery, like, it's not just about you. Like, you really do have to consider that other person and just kind of, like, check in. Especially if they're going to be taking care of you after, like, after surgery. Right. And they're, like, your support system. So, that's something I didn't do that I should have. But it does need to be our own decisions. It just has to be... Correct. You have to be considerate of the other person. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, because it wasn't, like, maybe as big of a deal to me, Mm -hmm. I didn't realize that it was more of a big deal and that the other person was maybe having apprehensions about how to take care of me afterwards. And so because that communication lacked, you know, it just, you know, it could have been a more smooth, a smoother experience had I done relationship check-ins. Not, like, in the way of, should I get the surgery or not? Like, that was already made up, but, like, just in the, like what's next type of thing. Like, how do I help you? Right. It was, it's important to like, just go through it together in a sense of like sharing what, because also like you as the trans person, you obviously know more about this surgery just from like being online, seeing other people's things. Exactly. You have a certain idea. Talking to other people. Right. Yeah. Like you have a certain idea of what to expect. Whereas your partner who was not Mm -hmm. trans would not have anywhere near that type of understanding of what to expect. So like Exactly. It's important for us to communicate with our partners so that they're like we're on the same page in the sense of all having the same information type mm-hmm. of Yeah, or whoever your support system is gonna be right. you know, throughout it. You know, just having those conversations about what's expected or, you know, just being open to questions about anything right. really. Right. Right. Yeah. No, I think that's super important because like you know, we're relying a lot on another person to take care of us. And so mm-hmm. in doing that, there has to be this communication to just, you know, like understand what is needed and what's expected and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, it's in most cases, it's brand new for both people. <laughs> so exactly, you know, exactly. Um, okay. So communicate, you would have communicated better going forward. Mm-hmm. You, you have that idea or that knowledge. Um, what are some other things, what are some other things that you remember doing or whether it was mental or um I I remember like really giving myself permission to not feel guilty about taking time off of work okay because I did have it over um the holiday season okay and it you know it's always it's always busy regardless but that's especially a busy time for dispatching um you know I really gave myself permission to say like uh, because at the time I needed to have it done before the end of the year, because that's when, uh, you know, what's his name was taking over as as president, <laughs> and uh, so I didn't want to run the risk of that being taken away. So right. it was really like it was a really expedited process of getting me in for surgery. Um, so I, I really gave myself, you know, and I hadn't really taken time off before that to like not feel guilty, to allow myself to kind of slow down. For a while, because I knew that was important for you know after after surgery care as well yeah. is to be able to like take a step back um, and just kind of relax, which I'm not very good at doing. <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah, but uh, but pre surgery, um, I talk to people a lot. I ask them like about what their experiences were, um, how their post op was, you know, what they wish they would have had you know, going into recovery, 
um, that kind of stuff. So I yeah. think like really just reaching out to other people who have gone through the process and as many different people as possible because everybody's experience is going to be like vastly different. I right. mean, I, I don't really talk a whole lot, a, a whole lot about my recovery because it was so easy, mm-hmm. you know? Um, I, I think, it, yeah, that's an important story to tell, but I don't want other people to have like a false sense of what reality could be for them because yeah. everybody's body heals differently. Um, I was fortunate enough to go back to working 40 hours a week, like two weeks after surgery, I went mm-hmm. back to work. Um, and you know, my recovery was for the most part, pretty easy. I had like other hiccups getting to appointments and stuff like that, but nothing like physical wise right. that I really, I really had to struggle with. Right. So, but I think that, you know, knowing that, you know, post-op can be painful and, you know, there is a lot of aftercare for that as well. Yeah. I had, I had a lot of people tell me before my top surgery that it was like a really easy recovery and it was no big deal and everything. And that was the first surgery I had besides getting like my wisdom teeth out. And Mm -hmm. mine too. I wish that those people did not tell me that because Mm -hmm. I... You know, overall, like looking back, I don't think I was in as much pain as I was feeling at the time, but I think the emotional aspects of surgery were also so painful. So like mm-hmm. I was in a, I was in quite a bit of physical pain, but like I think it was just so emotional to deal with and it's it was it made me feel badly about myself thinking something was wrong with me because mm-hmm. I kept hearing, Oh, it's so easy. You know, recovery is so easy. It's no big deal, whatever. And then when I am, you know, still in, you know, still in bed like a week later, unable to really like put on clothes or do things or whatever, mm-hmm. I'm sitting there like, Oh my God, like I'm so weak. Like what's wrong with me that I can't handle this. But mm-hmm. you know, so I th- think, thank you for not, posting that yours is so easy I think it really sets people up to think that that's what there's going to be like if you know Mm -hmm. if they're if all we're seeing are you know 10 people saying how easy it is and maybe one says it's hard no one's gonna Mm -hmm. no one's gonna put as much weight in that person who's saying it's hard and then exactly that's you know you're expecting yours to be like those 10 other people Mm -hmm. Um, and then when and then I really think that it just silences other people yes well it silenced me yeah, you know, because you know you think that it is easy, and you're like, well, what was wrong with, you know, right. my my top surgery that it wasn't like right. an easy recovery for me, and maybe you don't want to talk about it, and then yeah. that just, you know, furthers the either shame or the lack of knowledge around, you know, our like trans surgeries, because I mean right. we, it, there's not, there's not a lot of research, right. you know, around our surgeries and. Uh, around how like hormones affect our bodies and everything like this is very much like a community of experiences and that's how we're going to get our knowledge more so than from studies on you know or books or movies or whatever yeah yeah but even just like the scientific aspect of it you know like that they they don't they don't have the research knowledge to really be able to tell us you know what it is so I, i really think that that's another important reason why sharing our stories and like and our journeys is really important yeah i just uh i actually just somebody messaged me this morning that i had like written i had posted in a response to somebody else who had written a post about like their you know facial hair not growing in for three plus years or something like that Mm -hmm. and kind of how 
people tend to say it comes fast and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and this person reached out to me and they were like, I saw your comment because I, ha- I had commented saying that I didn't have any facial hair really until after my hysterectomy, which was like two years after I started hormones. Mm-hmm. And, and this person reached out and basically asked me like, what was my experience with that? And I explained how I was on hormone blockers. I was on estrogen blockers and whatever. And, and um, they actually go, they said they go to a doctor at the LGBT center, which mm-hmm. I've been hearing from a lot of people, like the doctors there, were, they don't want to give people estrogen blockers, even if they need them. So then we're Interesting. In, we're in turn thinking that that's the, like the norm or like, uh-huh. that's just like, okay, what's wrong with me then that I, I'm like this and you know, my doctor, like, you know what I mean? Just all those questions kind of like, what's wrong with me? So this person was asking me like, what, what, you know, how did I navigate that? And I, you know, I said like, I went on estrogen blockers and that's what kind of like helped to stabilize my levels a little bit. But, but my point being, had I not shared that comment on somebody else's page, this person may never have been able to like think, Oh, like they actually said to me at the end of the conversation, like, okay, good. So it's not just me. And I was like, you're definitely not the only one, but you may be the, you may feel that way because no one's, no one's sharing. No one's things. talking about it. Yeah. yeah. And, and so, you know, like I think with just everything with, with transitioning and surgeries and all that, like just being more honest in general, it, that's the only way that like, we're going to, are these things are going to get easier for us as like a community because we have to help each other before anybody else is going to help us. Agreed. So that's my rant. Um, that's your rant. That's I like my- it. I approve. <laughs> So, like, so on top of the mental prep, because um, I think that that was the the one thing I didn't focus on for top surgery. I did not focus on the mental prep whatsoever. I think I was just way too excited because I had waited so long that, yeah. you know, I was waiting like eight months or so before mm-hmm. my surgery. So, like, I think that excitement totally overshadowed my need for mental prep like I, yeah i didn't even realize it like you are ready yeah i was just ready like so mm-hmm. some of the like physical items that helped me or that i you know that i used after surgery and whatever so i did this for all my surgeries like bottled smoothies because i just happen to be a person i guess who loses my appetite after surgery i tend i tend to be pretty nauseous and i tend to just not feel well so eating is really really hard um so I would, my partner would always get like bottled smoothies from the grocery store or something like that. And those I would just kind of drink, you know, throughout the day and, you know, you can have a couple sips, you know, make it easy on yourself instead of trying to shove like solid food down your throat. So those are good. And then, you know, obviously calories. So (laughs) the nutrition is at least going in your body. Need those. Yeah. Right. That's kind of important, I think. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um. And the strawberry banana flavor is my favorite. Um, <laughs> in case you're wondering. In case anyone wants to know. Uh, <laughs> so I would just drink a ton of those like every day. Mm-hmm. And I usually did that for the first few days to get me out of that like, I think, you know, anesthesia, nausea, funk thing. Um, but smoothies and then, okay, something I did after phalloplasty, which I didn't learn that I kind of would really benefit from this until then was I made a list on my phone of movies and TV shows that like made me happy or made me laugh or whatever. So that after surgery, I didn't have to think about like, what do I want to watch or anything? Because Mm -hmm. I know it seems so simple and like kind of silly, but 
for all my other surgeries, I, you know, after a surgery, I'd be like, okay, what do I want to watch? And I would just sit there unable to really think. And I couldn't even remember things that I liked. I couldn't remember any movies that made me happy or anything. So after Fallow, just that little thing of making a list helped me so much because then mm-hmm. instead of spending time trying to think of something and then feeling badly that I couldn't think of something and getting then, frustrated, getting and, frustrated, being yeah. in my body pain, all that. Like mm-hmm. I just was able to like look at my phone just be like, okay, this one and put that on. So that was really, really good for me. Um, and you know, I know some people like music more than they like movies and stuff. I, I love movies and TV mm-hmm. shows. So I preferred that, but music is obviously another option. Um, and Another thing I think that, like, we often forget, like, we just, it's not even something on our radar, but, like, headphones. So, for me, you know, I would watch stuff on my computer, and um, I, you know, I would tend to fall asleep often or whatever, so I would wear headphones on so that I could, like, stay asleep, but I wasn't woken up by anybody else in the house. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I could still hear my movie or my show or whatever in the headphones and then nobody could, you know, nobody was necessarily waking me up if I did fall asleep with them on. Or you um, weren't bothering other people. Exactly. Wasn't bothering, yeah. you know, like if Blair was working or something, she mm-hmm. could still sit next to me or sit near me and I could watch, you know, a show and that sort yeah. of thing. Was your, was your sleep schedule like really whack after? So whack. Okay. Okay. Mine was too. It was so absolutely whack. ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. It was, were you sleeping a lot or not sleeping much or just all over? Like both. Okay. All over. Okay. Like I would fall asleep for like 12 hours. Okay. Or like 16 hours. And then I'd wake up and be awake and then I'd fall asleep for like another two hours and then I'd be up and then, yeah, it was just yeah. all over the place. So for my top surgery, I slept a lot like the first week and then- after the first week, I was having trouble sleeping. So, like, mine was, like, very all over the place. But then for for my histo, I think it was pretty – like, I think I slept, like, you know, 8, 10 hours a night or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I would take naps during the day. But my fallow, I just – I literally slept, like, 16, 20 hours a day for, like, the first yeah. two weeks. And I don't know if that's because – also, I had, like, the embolisms that were happening. I don't mm-hmm. know if that was making me more fatigued, but, like – I slept so much all the time, like for months. So for months, <laughs> for months, my schedule. And then like, even after, you know, even when I wasn't having surgery or anything, and just until really recently, I would have this sleep schedule where I would wake up every single morning naturally at 4am for no reason. Like it didn't matter if I went to bed at 8pm, if I went to bed uh-huh. at midnight, if I went to bed at 1am, like I was just naturally awake at four. It was the worst <laughs> I don't understand. You're, you're my morning texting buddy when oh I would get God. off of work. <laughs> yeah. See, that's the benefit of you being like two hours ahead of me because like you're right. awake and I'm like, oh my God, what am I supposed to do with myself? Um, but yeah, my sleep was very weird. But speaking of sleep, pillows. Yes. All of the pillows. All of them. You cannot have enough. Cannot have enough. I, I, I promise have, you. Yeah. Uh, I have... <laughs> I thought I brought so many and I did not bring enough. (laughs) I had a mixture of firm and soft ones, like for different parts of my body. (laughs) Um, And then I use those like for sure, like after top surgery, they were so helpful to have pillows. Um, Mm -hmm. Like I bought, I think it's called like the boyfriend pillow or whatever. What's that one? Mm -hmm. You kind of sit up and you know what I'm talking about? Like it's like a a reading pillow. 
Oh, I want one. It has a back to it, and then it's got like arm an armrest kind of thing. Oh, yeah, I had those growing up. My right. parents had some like old ones. I don't yeah, know what yeah. they're called though. I thought they were called like boyfriend pillows or something really silly, but <laughs> I had one of those after top surgery, and I got one of those from my friend when he had his top surgery, and he was like, "This is the best gift anybody could have given me." I just thought it was really helpful because it it helps you keep into that like forty five degree angle that you're supposed to be in. But also in a way where you can sort of adjust your body a little bit. And so you're not you're not like, oh my god, I've been on my butt in this exact position for days. Um, mm-hmm. So I really liked it after top surgery. And then for my fallow, I got a body pillow. And like it was – it's actually – I think they call it a C – oh no, I have the, S, the S-shaped one. Okay. It's really long and you can put it in like all different positions and that was like – my lifesaver yeah like i actually just pulled it out of the closet last night to sleep with it again because i was like (laughs) you missed it yeah i was like my back is killing me and the only thing that's gonna fix this is my body pillow (laughs) (laughs) did it work yeah i felt so much better blair didn't like it because she can't cuddle with me the way she wants to but you tell her to cuddle herself uh i probably did (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but I love my pillow, so we'll post. We can post the link for that too. Like it's so, that was like the greatest thing. It was a little bit more expensive. I think it was like sixty bucks, but it has been like I would pay twice as much as that for the amount of comfort that it gave me. Yeah, it was amazing. Um, yeah, body my body pillow. Okay, and then oh straws straws super helpful after yeah. surgery don't raise your arms people don't, don't, raise don't your do arms. it don't do it don't yeah. do it for any reason don't no. do it for the the post-op uh, photos yeah. like d- just don't do it don't keep them down keep them down yeah t-rex yeah i i really <laughs> yeah i use i lose did you use any straws for after surgery i did i didn't use them as you know, as long as I thought I was going to need to, but yeah. I did, I did have straws and they were helpful for like okay. the couple days post-op Okay, for sure. Yeah. I use them after top surgery and then same thing after my hysterectomy, you, you know, you can't bend upward very well because mm-hmm. you have this, mm-hmm. like the incisions in your belly. So I use them then. And then also fallow, like you can't bend very well forward when you're laying or sitting. So they were like great for every surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure it would go like for trans women too, like probably same concept like any of the surgeries you probably really can't bend so you know really i think it's like one of those things that there's not not a use for them (laughs) agreed just have them yeah just have them just get straws (laughs) um oh and then my last really like the one that i was like man i wish i knew this earlier an eye mask Mm. just a simple eye mask like yeah because you know, like how we're just talking about sleeping. Like I was sleeping, you know, through the day, through the night, whatever. And, you know, I live with two other people and one of them sleeps in the same bed as me. So like at night, you know, if she wants to be up like on the computer, if she wants to watch TV or something and I'm just like trying to sleep and not feeling well, you know, it can be really hard to go back to sleep. So like I would just like put my eye mask on and just... You know, dark nighttime. Put your eye mask and your headphones and yeah, you got your body pillow. A pampered pup, yeah. <laughs> Have someone else My... pulling up your pants for you after yeah. you go to the bathroom. <laughs> Giving me enemas. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. 
Yeah. Shout out to Blair. <laughs> the real MVP. Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Okay, I just rambled on my little sneak t- tips, so do you have Yeah, more? those are good tell ones. Us, tell us more about what you did. Um, I made sure to uh, bring my PlayStation. Yes! Like, that was very important for me, because I did, I stayed, I had surgery in Chicago, which uh, is, depending on traffic, can be over a four-hour drive. Um, so I needed, I wanted to stay in the area for a week. I didn't want to have to worry about traveling back home and then going back up there for like a three day post-op and a seven day post, you know, and all those other appointments that you need. So I, I stayed up there for a week. Um, and I made sure that I had my PlayStation and all my games. Yeah. And I don't remember what I played, but actually I think it was a horizon zero dawn. Okay. Great game. And I just, like, played the shit out of that. Yeah. And that, like, just really allowed me to disconnect. And then when I would fall asleep, um, you know, my partner at the time was able to watch movies or anything like that. You know, it's all of your entertainment in one. So I made sure I had that with me. I mean, I'm sure also probably provided, like, a sense of, like, home comfort, too, because you weren't taken just because you weren't at home you weren't taken away from all the things that exactly you know like made you feel at home and comfortable. exactly yeah yeah that yeah that that was big because i had to leave my cats back at home and of course i missed them right of course yeah miss my baby so maybe like i mean that's another thing you can do if you know that you're gonna have to travel like I had pictures of my cats on my phone and stuff and people taking care of them would send me pictures so i mean that was like that was important too that was nice yeah, definitely. That's yeah. If you can't bring the animals, you gotta have yeah. them somehow. <laughs> I wish I could have. Yeah. Um, support system. Talk about support system. Okay. Um, go. <laughs> go. Um, yeah, I think you know. For me, it was like you and some other friends, and then my uh, my partner uh, at at the time, and that was about it. Like not a lot of people knew at work what I was like going into surgery for. Yes. Like, like I've talked about, I'm not like technically like out at work. Like people just don't need to know. Yeah. Um, but like I did have a couple co coworkers that knew and were like supportive during that time as well. But mine was mostly just like talking to people over the phone. Okay. was like my support system. And then, um, did you want uh, to talk to them about what was going on or was it more like you needed a distraction and like you just wanted to have normal conversations? Um, a little bit of both. Okay. Yeah. Cause, um, I remember texting, uh, like my cousins, uh, Ryan and Logan just like about my crazy sleep, sleep schedule. Like I wanted okay. to connect in that way, like to know that like what I was experiencing was like being experienced in a way. Sure. You know what I mean? If that sure. makes sense. Like, yeah just having other people know about just kind of like the recovery process a little bit. But I also just, because the holidays were right around the corner too, I also had that escape to be able to talk about like, when were we getting together and what were our plans going to be and uh, that kind of stuff. So that was really nice. And uh, I I remember talking to my other cousin Zane uh, about just how much, how much video games I was playing. Cause he's like my yeah. gaming partner and stuff. Yeah. So like, that was a nice like escape as well. Okay. Yeah. Cause I know like for me, uh, I really, you know, like, especially after my phalloplasty, I really like mm-hmm. leaned on people a lot for like texting support and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. I went through like in the beginning, I didn't want to talk about the surgery at all. I just wanted to be like distracted. So 
I would play like a lot of iPhone games with people and stuff like that. Um, and then, you know, like later down the recovery line after a month or so, then more of my support was like talking about what was going on. So mine, like mine shifted and yeah, I think, I think more mine shifted to like, as the healing process went on, Yeah, like I would send you pictures and be like, is this normal? Right. Like, right. It, you know, like. You know, three weeks later. Yeah. Okay. You know, like that kind of stuff. It kind of shifted. Like as the healing process uh, went on, it became a little bit more focused. Right. On on that. Yeah. Not so much like immediately after the surgery. Right. Yeah. And I think that's like important to realize that like it's like we don't have to talk about the surgery. Like it's okay to just like need distractions or whatever. Mm Because I think I think sometimes we're like oh. I mean, I know I felt like, oh, okay, I have to talk about this. Like, that's how you process what's going on, whatever. But that's not always true. So I think it's... No. It's and it's different too. for everybody, you know? Right, right. Like, for me, I didn't really want to or need to talk about the surgery. Right. Like, for me, it was it was simple. I knew that I wanted it. I had my date set. I had done my research about what I thought, like, the possibilities of what my recovery was going to be like, and I was ready to go. Like, yeah. I didn't need to talk about... Like, the details about it. Right. Just do it. <laughs> Until they started to give me the anesthesia, and I was like, oh, shit, this is real. Yeah. For real. Because <laughs> I, I had never had surgery before either, besides having my wisdom teeth taken out. So it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. My yeah. God. Yeah, that's wild. Um, I can't... Yeah. So you were the same boat as me, just your wisdom teeth. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. It's so scary to go through surgery. Like It is. I feel like when you're older, too, because, like you're able to think more clearly like, oh, I'm having surgery. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I had my wisdom teeth out when I was like 16 or 17. It was no okay. no thing. Oh, like I had mine out at like 24. But oh, whatever. did you? <laughs> <laughs> but I also like, I'm also the person who like, I didn't have braces until college. Like my teeth didn't fall out until like later. And like, yeah. <laughs> so I was very slow for all that, which is not fun, but. Just got wiser later in life. Yeah, with my teeth. Yeah, too. with your teeth. <laughs> Wise teeth. Wise teeth. Oh my god. Um, what else? I think, like, I mean. I just really want to, like, hammer home the point that everyone's recovery is going to be different. Right. Like, if it goes easy, that's amazing. If it doesn't, then that's okay, too. Like, there's a ton of people to reach out to, you know, and to talk to and just kind of, like, I just prepared for everything. Yeah. Prepare for the worst. Mm -hmm. But, but like, in a positive way, prepare for the worst. Yeah, definitely. And just because you should know that, like, if it's not an easy recovery, that's okay. Like, yeah. it's not going to be easy for everybody. It's that doesn't mean that there is anything. <laughs> yeah, there, yeah. it doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with you or your body or the way that you heal or anything like that. You know, it's just you're different. Yeah. But there's also other people who are going to experience the same thing. Yeah. Like, this is surgery. Like, that's yeah. a, it's a major thing. Yeah, it's a major so, thing. Like, you're not supposed to wake up the next day, like, ready to live a normal life ready to go ready to go yeah it's just not what's supposed to happen you might think you are and then you're gonna realize that you just fell back asleep for another 16 hours exactly like missed the whole day yeah where did wednesday go right what happened oh my god 
I was all my calendar like in my head was all off. Like I would be like, today's Monday, right? Oh and yeah, mine like, was bad. Today's Thursday, and I was like, oh okay, okay, <laughs> okay, sounds good. Like, <laughs> sounds good. Whatever you say. Yeah, whatever you say. No idea. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this week's episode of Transitional Wisdom. If you feel you'd like to share your story or if there's a topic you would like us to cover, please email us at nash at transitionalwisdom.org or visit our website, transitionalwisdom.org. And please don't forget to like, share, rate, whatever. It really helps us reach a wider audience of people who may find this helpful. And hey, thanks. Who knew this would happen to me? Potion could save my life. Who knew that these feelings had a name? I'm worthy of change, same as you are. Mirror, mirror, don't you judge me? Don't you dare? Who knew I was?